This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And that's when I it clicked and I'm like, okay, I'm in my 40s. I've been a mom for 10 years. I've been moving around. I don't even know what I like anymore, who I am, you know, and I, I lost myself. And I think it happens to a lot of women. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest this week on the Portrait System podcast is Leticia Andrade, and she is a photographer in the Atlanta area. Leticia splits her business between personal branding and headshots and women's portraiture, and she tells us how she goes about converting her headshot clients into portrait clients. She also shares about how she does consultations and how she levels up her customer service, and this helps her to get consistent referrals. Leticia also does a Beauty is a Feeling campaign, which has been really successful for her. Okay, let's get started with Leticia Andrade. Hi, Leticia. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here on the Portrait System podcast. This Thank is exciting. You. I'm very excited. Yes. You've been a member of what was Sue Bryce Education, which is now the Portrait System powered by Sue Bryce Education, mm-hmm. for a long time. I feel like you're one of our OGs. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, so it was really from the beginning. I, I've been a member since 2016. Okay, yeah. And I've been to Portrait Masters 16, 17, 18, you know, all of those awesome. amazing meetings that we had. And um, yeah, so it's been a while. It's It's been great. And it has really changed everything for me in many ways. All right. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear about your business. Mm. I want to hear about, you know, just how things changed for you and all the good stuff. So, yes. uh, well, of course, I know I always say this, but let's back up. Before you were mm-hmm. a photographer, what did you do? So I was born and raised in, in Brazil, and both my parents were entrepreneurs, and I worked with my dad since I was, like, 14. Oh, um, cool. My dad is also an artist. Like, he did have, like, a, a, a train. Like, in the back then, it was typewriters, so we taught people how to type. Oh, and cool. um, Yes, and then computers came, you know, in the 80s, and we were training uh, people for that too. So I worked with him, but he is also an artist, extremely creative. So that has always been part of my life, you know, art and culture and creativity. So when I uh, finished high school, I started a major in architecture. But then I also met someone and I fell in love. And on my first year of college, my boyfriend, who is now my ex-husband, was coming to the U.S. for his master's degree at Purdue University. Um, I was 20 years old. He was 24. And we got married and moved to the U.S. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was, yeah. yes, I was a baby. So we moved to Indiana. I couldn't speak English. So that was really a big punch. You know, I, I was so young and I didn't realize the, how much change that really meant. Well, and to not speak English in the country, you know, yes. and to not speak the native language. I mean, it, it really stops you. Yeah. Because then you really can't be yourself. You can't express yourself. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to work. I wanted to go to school. So I started like after six months, I started taking some classes like an in interior design. So I kind of stayed in that area. But then he finished his master's and then he got hired. We moved to Syracuse and uh, his career was extremely important to him. And so I followed that, right? So I was like taking classes here, doing something there. But when we moved to Syracuse, I uh, went back to college and studied art history. And at the same time, I got a job at a company that manufactured formal wear for Ralph Lauren and Brooks Brothers. So it was a fun job. I was in my 20s. I was traveling between Syracuse and New York City and working with the design department. So it was a very exciting time of my life. But then he moved again, so got transferred and we moved back to Brazil. So I got pregnant with my son, who is 20 years old right now. He's 20? He's 20 and my daughter's 14. You do not look 40. What are you, 42? No, I'm 51. I'm going to be 52. Well, I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, they got married at 20. So maybe it was two years later she had her son. You do not. 30, yeah. So I've been in the U.S. for 30 years now. It's been a lifetime. You're in Atlanta now, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I've been in Atlanta for 10 years. Okay. Which is crazy just to think about. And that's where everything started on my career. Because so at that point, 2003, I had my son. We moved back to Brazil, lived there for a while, came back here, moved to Athens, Georgia, went to Connecticut and moved back to Brazil again. So it was like that back and forth. And I was just like packing and going, you know, so you kind of live that life where 
My priorities were really my family, taking care of the kids. And every time we moved, and you know how that goes, you have to start mm-hmm. all over. And usually yeah. the mom is the one that has to get everybody, you know, kind of settled. Mm-hmm. And by the time I found, okay, now it's my turn, we were packing again and going again because he would oh, get a promotion or he would change companies. So we did that for a few years. And I don't regret it. I think it was all part of, you know, my choices and what I did. Yeah. Uh, but it got to a point when we, the last move, which was the one here to Atlanta, our marriage was not going well. And I think it was that last try, you know, let's try and see how that goes. So we moved from Brazil here. My daughter Mm -hmm. was four. My son was uh, 10 at the time. So they were both in school, like elementary school. And that's when I I clicked that I'm like, okay, I'm in my 40s. I've been a mom for 10 years. I've been moving around. I don't even know what I like anymore, who I am, you know, and yeah, I, I lost myself. And I think it happens to a lot of women. That's not that uncommon. I mean, it, it does. Right? It happens, especially if your partner, if you are kind of following your partner's career and then having kids in the midst of it. And not that you can't be mom and partner and business owner, but yeah, you know, like you said, having to move a bunch of times and it's all about your ex-husband's career. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, figure out what you want amongst all of that. Yeah. And a lot of cultural uh, pressure as well, right? Being Mm -hmm. from a country where family is, you know, the most important thing. And although my, my mom was a career mom, but she was always present. So all of that kind of played a part in it. Uh, But when I got here to Atlanta, I started thinking, what am I going to do next? And I had a camera, an Nikon 750, I think. And I started going out and taking pictures of places and landscapes. So I did that for a couple of years. So that was like 2013 and 14. And um, in 2016, I went to Imaging USA in Atlanta. And that's Mm -hmm. when I met Sue. I was there. Yeah, I was there with you. You are? Yeah, yeah, I sure was. I was pregnant. And that to me, you were pregnant from your your first baby. My first, yeah. 2016. Yeah. So then I met, like, I saw Peter Hurley, and then that opened my eyes, you know, Lindsay Adler and Sue Bryce. But Sue really touched me at that point because I was in this big room with, like, hundreds of people. And I saw all these women, like, very emotional. And people became very emotional. I'm like, okay, what? Mm -hmm. there's something going on here that I need to figure it out. And... Like we all feel like it's almost like Sue is talking directly to you, right? Because then it, it just, it's the words and everything. Like personally, it really changed everything from that point on. And I started following her and came home and I'm like, oh, I like, you know, maybe I can take some portraits. You know, I like people a lot. And I start following Sue. And one night I remember watching Jill in Paris and mm. that really touched me, you know, and that's when yeah. I first saw you. It's interesting <laughs> that you bring up Jill because today is eight years that she's been gone. February 2nd. That's crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Crazy and that was, it's been that long. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's the thing. Like how, how fast it all went, right? Yeah. For people listening who don't know what we're talking about, I just want to kind of just very quickly go, go over that. When I first started out as a photographer, I was barely in business. I mean, I think I was in business 
Well, no, you know what? I was in business because I was doing like families and some weddings and things like that, but I wanted to focus on portraits and I found a course by Sue and I was watching it and Jill had come to visit me from Kentucky to, she lived in Kentucky and I lived in Seattle. She came to visit me and she had breast cancer and we wanted to do a photo shoot of her and we rented this like really beautiful hotel room and I was watching Sue's course to like learn how to photograph Jill as Uh it was like happening as I was photographing Jill, you know, anyways, I ended up um, sending the photos to Sue and I said, um, I think I did okay, but Uh you know, my friends and I believe that Jill deserves a proper photo shoot and we would love to book you, you know, how do I book you for a photo shoot? Cause we're all, my friends and I are all going to chip in and and pay for it. Uh Uh And then three weeks later, we were in Paris with Sue and she, she flew us there and she did a, a photo shoot of Jill and Haley Bartholomew did the documentary, The Light That Shines. Which is And amazing. that's the first time I ever met Sue was in Paris with Jill. Yeah. It was pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sue had won, she had won, yeah, Australian Photographer of the Year. And I think like the gift was this trip to Paris. And she was like, I was just going to go by myself. Like, and she took everybody come with, with me. Her. Like, yeah. And so anyways, if you're curious to, to watch this. It's called The Light That Shines. And if if you can't find it, just search like Haley, Sue, Jill, The Light the light That Shines, and the documentary will come up. But she touched a lot of people. Jill did, Sue did, through that through that whole process. And um, Yeah. And it, it, I yeah. mean, it absolutely, it, it touched me where I can remember exactly how I felt at that moment. And mm-hmm. I think my whole thing was like, this is what I want to do, right? I didn't know what mm-hmm. what capacity or I'm like, I want to do something for women because it was also part of my own journey of maybe uh, aging, not knowing and um, seeing beauty, you know, where I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. So everything kind of came together. It was like all the pieces of that puzzle. And from that point on, I never looked back. And yeah. it has been like incredible. I got divorced <laughs> in 2018. So it took me a couple of years. <laughs> it takes a while sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but it gave me so much courage. And I think, you know, when we talk about like business, I know like the portrait system, how do, do we got in business? How do you do your business? I think for me and for so many people, it's um, a combination of so many things. It's personal, it's professional, it's your career, but it's also a lot about the self-value that we all know yeah. that it can really mm-hmm. um, shift everything in your life and it, it can bring you to a place you never imagined, right? Yeah. T- tell us, just give us a snapshot of what your business is like now. What do you shoot? Do you have a studio? How often are you shooting? Just some of those details. Sure. So um, 2016, 17, um, 18. So those are the portrait master's years. And I had my studio at my house. Once I okay. got separated from my husband, I was looking for a smaller house. And I'm like, you know, the studio is not going to be here. I don't want a house that has a studio anymore. So I started looking for space. And I have a friend who is a doctor and she has her practice in a building that has a second floor without Uh an elevator. It's a beautiful space, but they don't have an elevator, which Mm. means she could never use it for her practice. So I asked her and she's like, yeah, I would definitely rent it. And it's a large space. I mean, my studio is a beautiful, large room with, I'm so proud of that space because, um, it is really amazing. You know, people walk in there and they're like, wow, I never imagined, you know? Mm 
But so the way my studio is today is I specialize really in personal branding and do a lot of branding for small to mid-sized businesses. And then I photograph women. And those are the clients that I really attract are women that are either a little younger than me or about my age or older. And uh, we do with that, you know, I did the 12 week startup. So I followed that model and that really helped me get on my feet to have a portfolio, to start offering um, sessions and to charge. And so in 2018, I was charging, like I started like, it was $60 my session. (laughs) In 2016, I was charging $60. And then by 2018, I think my average was like $750. Oh, wow. Uh, I was doing, and I I did it with prints or digitals. And that's how I still work. You know, I do about two to three shoots a week. No more. Because yeah. I do all my retouching, I do consultations in person. So okay, a lot yeah. of so each client is really a it it really is a lot of time invested. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. You know, sure, I yeah. almost feel like I like that. Uh, I like to sit down with them before we even start doing anything else, and we talk. And it's a very safe space where they come in and um, they get to know me. I get to know them and. It just makes it really special. And I'm in a small community. Like I'm in a town with 40,000 people south of Atlanta. And I really, I'm really involved in the community. I, I love to help with nonprofit stuff. And all of that really put me in the place where it's a lot of building relationships and mm-hmm. a lot of one-on-one, you know? So that's kind of my how my business is. We, we talk a lot about that, about building relationships and connections in order to book clients. So can you give us kind of some specifics? Like, are you part of groups? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, marketing business to business? Like, how are you standing out and finding your clients? Because I know there are a lot of photographers in the Atlanta area. I mean, just like most cities, there's, you yeah. know, there's a ton of them. So how yeah. are you standing out and, and really like building? Okay, this is two questions. One, like how are you kind of quote unquote networking and finding your clients? And two, how are you standing out? Okay, so um, networking. I do a lot of networking. I love being out. I go to every time I see something happening that I feel like my audience is going to be there. You know, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that very much. Like I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy talking to people, learning about them. So I think all those, like uh, the list of things that you do when you walk into a networking event, you know, I have that in me. Like it's uh, Mm -hmm. all those skills are very natural to me. Um, So that helps a lot because it's easy. Right. I think it's very hard for people when they are they have to force themselves to be out there. But for me, it's something I do naturally. And that's when I, I meet a lot of people. And most of the times, these are also women owned businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, artists. So it's a community of a lot of entrepreneurship, like very small, uh, a lot of small businesses and, and people that are doing their own thing. So once I meet those people, then you almost feel like, you know, there's no, no brainer, you know, like yeah. they, I'm usually being very resourceful to them. They are to me, we kind of connect that way. And it, the relationship just, even if it doesn't happen in the beginning, I know that at some point we're going to do something together. Yeah. 
I, I like that you said that because I, I know I like sound like a broken record because I always say this, but it's not going to happen overnight. Oh no! It, it's just it's, not. I've been in business for eight years now, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah. And I now I feel that people know me when I go places. Oh, you're the photographer. Oh, I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the silent auction. I saw that you were, you know, so those are the smaller things that I did from the beginning yeah. is that really make you be more recognized. Oh, I see you everywhere. It's not that I'm everywhere, but I'm at, at, like at some specific places that people are noticing. Yeah. What kind of events are you, are you looking for? I know you said the, the events that you're, you're like, target client might be at, uh-huh. but, and I, I know you said like some, um, where there's silent auctions and things, but what specifically are some events that you look for? So, uh, once a week I meet at a group, it's called 1 million cups. And I don't know if you are familiar with that group, but it's like a networking group for, it, it was left by the Kaufman foundation. Like they, they left this idea of caffeinating entrepreneurs all over the country Mm-hmm. every Wednesday at 9 a.m. So there are many chapters all over the country and I love it. I go every Wednesday morning. I have many friends there. It's extremely casual, but every meeting is someone presenting an idea or just to get feedback. It's not that you're going to get an investor there. It's not like the Shark Tank format, but you present something and then you get feedback from other entrepreneurs and the amount of information and knowledge, you know, that you get on a place like that and you build relationships because it's not like the BNI that you have to pay for be, to be a member. And then everybody yeah. has to give you like those groups. I've, I've visit those groups, but that's not the type of group that I I'm talking about. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to have to refer someone just because they're part of my group. Right. right. Because, and, yes. and that always was something that felt weird to me. But yep. this is like, okay, I see you. You're a great professional. You do, like, you build websites. So, okay, if you need someone that builds a website, this is the person. If you need photos, you use me. And then it becomes that thing that it's almost like a flow that you don't have to think about anymore. So that's yeah. one group. Nice. Another group is uh, the business women of, of our county. So I go to events like that. Um, I go to a lot of the chamber events, the chamber of commerce of mm-hmm. our uh, city. I try to do that. And usually you learn a lot. Like you're yeah. around people that are very invested in their business and, you know, they have a lot to share. And mm-hmm. those things like it are never a waste of time. You know, you yeah, always get something there. On the days that I like had to drag my ass to a meeting thinking like, I just want to turn around and go home right now. I always left feeling so glad that I went, got something <laughs> out of it. Like, you know, if I had just gone home, like I never regretted going, I would mm-hmm. regret not going. Not going. Yeah. Yeah. So, but okay. So it sounds like a lot of the the dif- different groups and networking groups and things, but you were talking about like nonprofit stuff and doing silent auctions. Do you find that to be pretty fruitful when it comes to getting clients? It is. It is. You don't notice right away, yeah. but like six months, you know, you, you give that donation six months later, that person maybe calls you and say, you know, I got, I bid and I got that. And I will tell you like maybe 90% of the people became my clients. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because they come, they get their head shot shot done. And the other thing is like I'm donating, let's say you do a gift card and I'm donating a photo shoot with two images. And then we I do a full shoot for them and then they purchase. So it's never like I always feel like when you give, you always get in return. Like Mm -hmm. I never feel that that's uh a loss in any way. So those yeah. are the things that I do. And then I have a website that is okay. You know, I have an okay traction in there, but not a lot. It's a lot of referrals, a lot of people that I photograph and they come back. And then I'm doing my second campaign. And I think that's also like I did the first campaign in 2021. And then I'm having my celebration again in April for the second campaign. Oh, awesome. I want to hear about your campaign, but before we get into that, is is it related to like personal branding or is it something totally different, the campaign? Campaign is portraits. Okay, let's, before we get to that, let's just talk a little bit about how you run the like headshot portrait side of your business uh-huh. as far as, so I'm like, okay, Leticia, I want to book a photo shoot, you know, for, for my business. What do I do? How does this work? What would you say to me? Yeah, so... We're going to meet in person in my studio. So they come in. I have, uh, we're going to sit down and I say, okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And those consultations can go between 40 minutes to two hours, right? But that's another thing. Those are relationships. Those are people that are coming in and they're already invested, right? Once they are there sitting there in front of you and I'm sharing a little bit, I don't have to share a lot about me myself, you know, before I thought, wow. They need to really, no, they are seeing what they have, you know, they see the work, right? So that's one thing, like, and when we do the 12-week startup, I think I remember so clearly, once you have a portfolio you're proud of, you don't really have to sell, right? Because Mm -hmm. people see it. Now it's really about building relationships and how you're going to give them the experience that's going to make a difference. Well, how do you get them to book, like, if, if someone says, okay, I'm interested in doing a photo shoot, are you saying, okay, you know, you start by paying a session fee and then you come in and do the consultation so that I can figure out exactly how you want to look in your photos? Like, how do you get them in and are they already paying for something? And like, do they see your full pricing and all of that before they're coming into your studio? Not necessarily. So let's say I meet someone at a networking event and they're like, you know, I really need photos. I'm like, come over for coffee on Wednesday at 10. They come over. I serve tea and coffee. I have music and they walk in and it's their moment to talk about themselves. Right. At that point, 90% of the time they book because then I say, okay, the session fee, I have a session fee that's like 375 without makeup, hair, makeup. And then I add, uh, it's a add on of 150 for hair, makeup. That's what my makeup artist charges. Right. So Mm -hmm. when I tell them that price, I say, you know, with this price, we are going to do a mood board. I'm going to send you some questions about your brand, you know, whatever we didn't talk about today. I want to see it in writing. So it usually when they go, go home, it makes them think a little bit more. And it's that that profile questionnaire that Sue has on the site, you know, that asks like, who is your audience? What is your logo? Do you have an Instagram page? You don't. So that way I kind of know where they are. Mm-hmm. And then I say, you know, if you're ready to book, just let me know. Let's. Do you want to pick a date on the calendar? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So we pick a day, usually I try to do like two to three weeks, you know, so they have time to shop for their clothes or send me images. I have time to kind of get myself organized for that shoot. And then I send them an invoice. They pay that invoice online. And then I just keep like 
little touches here and there. I say, you know, this is what you have to bring. And I send a little packet. Let's talk a week before you shoot. And then I do a, a quick phone call. And that's usually when they have a lot of questions. When they're stressed already, they don't know what to wear, you know. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they come to the studio, we are ready for them. I know exactly what I'm going to have to shoot, the backdrops, props, whatever it is. And then we shoot for about, you know, makeup is about an hour, an hour and 15. And then I shoot for two hours. So I usually block four hours per client. Yeah. Then they buy photos after. It seems like they're very invested at this point. Like you are giving them a lot of yourself. And I'm assuming that you have a very low like no show cancellation rate at that point because they are in it. Like there's such a difference between the way that you're operating this and someone who's like, oh yeah, pay the session fee, sends an invoice and I'll see you on your shoot date and that's it. Yeah, I couldn't work yeah. like that. Yeah, And I, I never had, in eight years, I never had a no show. Yeah, yeah, me either. Right, yeah. because you, you I keep, mean, cancellations to, for emergencies. It's like I got sick or whatever. Yeah, but it's a reschedule. It's not just like I changed my mind kind of thing. Even this yeah. morning, I had a shoot where she booked in 2020. She wow. she came. She met me. She booked Four the session. Four years later. She scheduled, but then her dad got sick. And then she just, during COVID, he ended up passing away from COVID. Like he was oh, 92 no. and she was like caring wow. for him. She couldn't get out of the house, but he got COVID and passed away. A week ago, she said, I'm ready for my photo shoot for my headshots. She wrote a book and it's a fiction book. She's a therapist, but she wrote this fiction book and she said, I need a cover for my book. And then she came this morning, we did hair and makeup and, and photographed her. And I'm like, I can't believe, you That's know, awesome. you, I yeah. had to wait so long for you, but here she is, you know. Yeah. I have another question. So let's say, you know, you're at a networking meeting, you, someone's super interested in doing a shoot and you're like, oh, come for coffee on Wednesday. And what if they're like, well, I just want to know how much first. Like, how do you address that? Okay. So I'll say, you know, the, the photo session, the session fee is three seventy i I'm very, I, I think I learned a lot of not worrying. And I think I was listening to one of the, the episodes that, you asked that question and, and you said something. Oh, once you know your cost of goods, you can yeah. say that number without feeling ashamed. Right? Yes. <laughs> when you know how much, yes, 100%. When you know your numbers and what you need to make in order to get reach your bottom line and the income that you want, uh-huh. there's no emotion attached to it. It's numbers. Because I have to pay rent. I have yep. to pay for, you know. So then, and I'm not charging a lot compared to other people that are around me. So I, I in the end, like it's the 375 gets them in. And then my packages start at 840 for six yep. digitals, 1440 for like 12 digitals. And then it goes up from there. And if That's you're awesome. doing the box and the, the prints and the enlargements, which it is not like, Wall art, I never got into that. Yeah, I tried. I spent money sam- doing samples. I show it in my studio. It's all over the place. But I don't know. For some reason, my clients are not into the big pieces. But they love the box, you know, the small box. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I sell usually. And that can go. I do a lot of personal branding sessions that I use my wardrobe. Like I have right now. A large amount of dresses and at the end of the shoot I always say you need to wear this robe and you know how they are with the robe mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody feels like you know 
a celebrity and then those are portraits like a, that I you didn't mean like sell. a gown kind of yeah thing? The, like, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, the yeah. dual robes the, that yes, we have yes yes, yes 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 yep I just didn't want people to think it was like just you know a regular oh no not a robe like, like the, really uh, yeah the gown the big yeah. gowns with that, that a lot mm-hmm. of people use for maternity but I have mm-hmm. three different colors and all the clients love it so then with that I say let's just do a few portraits and that is just like you know, naturally happening where they can buy a print if they want. So I'm always yeah. trying to do that. I'm not pushy at all. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to back up for a second because something that you just said is you don't charge as much as some of the other people you've heard on here. I want to make it clear mm-hmm. that we don't expect, I don't expect for you to like start out at $3,000. I've okay. never, I don't even like, I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years mm-hmm. and my packages still start at nine ninety five. And then my session fee on top of that. Like, I don't want people to listen and have the idea that they're expected or that they should have a $3,000 sales average right away. And some people do, and that's great. But, like, that's okay if you don't. If you don't. (laughs) You know what I I mean? As long as your numbers are working for you at what you want to charge. It's just we want people to get away from this whole shoot and burn, 500 bucks for 100 digitals and exactly you know sending off a gallery and never talking to the client again and hoping they you know it's it's just it's just putting in a little bit more effort there and doing that kind of in-person selling even if it's not in person even if it's online Mm -hmm. and just adding a little bit more of that customer service and having like the the small medium large packet like there's just these little extra things that will make you so much more money and I, I know there are instruct some instructors who will say, yes, you need to start out at $3,000. And, and some people do. But I personally never have. And, you know, I've made yeah. $1.5 million. And I think it was like over six years when I did all my finances. So, and, and yeah. I, I think it's, you know, the, so when you, you asked me, Seven how do you maybe. stand out, right? Mm-hmm. How do you stand out? I'm not making more money. I'm just, being a better um i'm offering an amazing customer service yeah and i think when we talk about money um i mean i've been i have a conflict with money because sometimes i feel you know i should really be making this much money or i should be charging this much you know i have the quality to charge as much as i want when i compare myself Mm -hmm. But every time I do that, I become extremely overwhelmed and stressed about it. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. sit right with me. So, and more and more as I'm maturing and we are all different, right? Some people are like, their goal is to meet a certain amount of money at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. That was never my goal, especially because three years of that was down the drain with the pandemic because we really, whatever we plan, you know, forget about that. You kind of have to now rethink your whole life and that to me was just a great example of doesn't matter if I say I want to make 300,000 I want to sell 100,000 or the whole six-figure idea to me that just stresses me Mm -hmm. I the way I I look at it is how much money do I need like like the the survival like to pay all my bills how do I want to live my life? What's my lifestyle? Do I want to travel? Do I want to have time mm-hmm. for my children? Do I? And I became a single mom as I was starting my business at the same time. So yeah. at that point, if I was 
pushing myself to make six figure in the first year or the second year, I would be so stressed that my kids would have suffered a lot, right? I don't believe in balance in life. I always feel like if one thing, something's got to give every time you have two young boys, you know how that is, you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing the podcast, they are outside, like locked out. (laughs) <laughs> for a minute so you can get this done, you know, but you have to go there and give them attention. So something suffers. And I think money is not my priority. It's not that I don't like money. I don't need mm-hmm. money. You know, I need money. I need to pay health insurance. But but at the same time, it's not what drives me. What drives me, it's really lifestyle. And that can seem yeah. really like, like, oh yeah, good for her, right? But I think in the end is we are always running towards something that we don't know exactly what it is, is financially. Mm -hmm. How much more is going to make a difference? So for me, it's more of having personally, having relationships, spending time with people, you know, enjoying that moment without having to rush for the next client. So -hmm. those are the things that make me have a better life for myself personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that's it. That's something I've said before, too, is it's just I do this because of not so much for the money, but the experiences that I want to have in life and that I want to give to my kids. Right. That's really what it what it comes down to. And yes, we need money to do those things. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, money is important. uh, Yeah. But once it becomes your first priority, you forget everything you you can't. Mm -hmm. It's it's harder to keep up with everything, with how you want to serve, and um, because then your your attention is maybe to the wrong place, and it's frustrating yeah. sometimes because you can't do it. So for me, it was always like I want to be better than I was last year, and since I started, mm-hmm. I was able to do that. Like That's I just awesome. want to have more than I did last year because I'm offering more, or because I'm better than I was, you know, mm-hmm. or because I'm. Um, having relationships with people that are paying more, you know, business that have uh, can afford more, mm-hmm. and and that's what how I look at it, and it makes it so much easier. I'm a yeah. very anxious person, so I need to find ways to <laughs> make my life a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, oh, I can relate to that. There's something that Sue back to the money thing, just really quickly. Something that Sue teaches kind of in her money coaching within self value is it's important to kind of give money direction. So maybe. Like the way that I look at it, when I write out my spreadsheet, okay, I'm like loosely sp- saying spreadsheet because I'm not a spreadsheet girl. Yeah, I'm not but either. I will put, okay, what are the things I want this year? I want a trip to the Caribbean. I want to blow out a wall that's at our cottage and, and join two rooms. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, things like that. And then yeah. I'll look at like, okay, just a ballpark of what that might cost. And I'm like, okay, so this is where our money is going to go this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like giving that money direction. Yes. Like, what is what is the purpose of, instead of, and I guess some people can just say like, oh, I just, I want a million dollars and blah, blah, blah. But there's something about giving that money direction and the way Sue teaches it that makes so much sense. And when I started doing this, I started like, achieving the most of the things that are on my list every year. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. I totally believe that. And my list now looks way different. Like my first list was, I want to buy a house. You know, I right. we were renting an apartment, you know? So, and now I'm like, oh, I want to blow the wall out of my cottage, you know? I, and I know that sounds, but it's, things just can yeah, really grow and evolve. You know, it's yes. just like you said. But it's having grown that, every yeah. year. 
mm-hmm. and having that intention. You know, why do I want to grow? Oh, because I'm, I want to become more independent from my ex-husband that I was married to for 25 years. You know, yeah. he's yeah. he pays me alimony, makes it easier for me to choose what I want. You know, it's a yeah. uh, nothing was easy about my marriage. But, mm-hmm. You know, so I almost feel like, OK, if this feels easy, everything else was really hard. So I just think that that gives me a lot of space to live my life like this, but not forever. Mm -hmm. So that's going to last me 10 years. And what's next? And I'm turning 52 this year. So I'm looking, I have what, 10 years to really invest my energy and my time. And what is that going to look like when I'm 62? And I think those are, it's important to know where the money is going to go and why does it matter? Yeah. And it's not just about growing wealth that then you, I have my parents who are in their seventies and eighties and they always lived a life of a lot of control. Like they never liked spending money. And I, I grew up that way. Like you don't spend, you save. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I look at them right now. They're like, you know, at their phase of their lives where all they pay for is health insurance and food, you know, because they have everything else and then they can't travel anymore because they Mm -hmm. aged, you know, but yeah, so that it, and, and that's how I feel like uh, money is something that more and more I'm thinking about it in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, before we get on to uh, talk about your campaigns, I just want to say one more thing about money, how I had said I made $1.5 million. It was in seven years. And, and I know this because I wanted to go back and I looked at all of my QuickBooks records and profit and loss statements and all of that from the time I was the first year I was full-time as a photographer until I started making any income whatsoever as an instructor. And when I first started as an instructor, that was very little, you know, it's, yeah, even to this, you know, it depends every year. But I wanted to have a very clear cut, this is how much I made in this amount of time to share with people. And, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, like I was sweating bullets when I was putting it out there that this is what I made, because money is weird to talk about sometimes. But you know, I'm trying to help change the stigma around that. Yeah. But yeah, I made $1.5 million as a photographer, full-time photographer in seven years, which is like so incredibly wonderful. Like how cool is that? I know. You know, it's like. And that's the thing. It's about how you, you did every day you wake up and you act. Right. And I think that's what makes the difference. Yeah, and to be I able to do that, because I love that because I'm so tired of people saying, you know, you're never going to make money with this or yeah. Yeah. like I have my kids, I have my son studying music production, you know, in college. My daughter loves makeup. She wants to be a makeup artist. And to me, that's like, I'm totally okay with that. If you do what you do well and you wake up every morning and you work towards that and you mm-hmm. build relationships and you, you know, you give good customer service, you can be successful. And what is success, you know, anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like something that you did is found kind of like the niche that you really loved was the headshot personal branding and then the women's portraiture part of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I would have been as, as successful as I am if I had stuck with genres that I was just like dreading, you know, families and weddings and whatever and blah, blah. Like it's super important that you're shooting what you love. And I know this might seem obvious, but I see a lot of people staying in, you know, a certain genre that they're not, that doesn't even light them up. Because they think they need to stay there. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. It's like that courage to change, but you know, there is that moment of 
transition mm-hmm. and not everyone can have that transition period right yeah, yeah. so if you do just go for it and yeah. if people that are doing weddings and hate it like I could never do weddings. First of all, my body would ache for a week after oh, because totally, yeah, like, <laughs> and you know, it's exhausting. It's it's draining, and it's your yeah. weekends. And but some people love doing it. Same thing with portraits. I know so many people that say, "Oh, I could never work with people." You know, I hate that just thinking about it. And I'm like, that's what I love the most. Like just making yeah. sure that I. I change something for them, you know, from that point mm-hmm. on. And for men and women, I love the same way. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your campaigns. I am curious if your personal branding clients turn into people who do your campaign or if you're finding brand new clients to do your campaigns. All the same clients, all the same people, you know, they come and then they they do headshots and then they do branding and then they get into the campaign and they come to the studio sometimes because they just need a headshot. You know, when they say, I just need a one mm-hmm. headshot, right? Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you know, they're not going to leave with one headshot. <laughs> but that's <laughs> exactly. everything we learned with this, the business model, you know, how to talk, how to expand and now not how to be. So you're not pushy. You're just offering way more and mm-hmm. you're not trying to convince anyone. They just see that you have something to offer that they they want. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think Absolutely. that's what we learn with this whole education besides a lot of other things but that's one very important thing it's like you just tell what you have to offer and people want it yes exactly if they're right people for you and at the same time if they come in and they say i'm not ready you know i don't have the money i think a lot of the times they say you know i don't have that all that budget i said well let's start with something smaller let's do a headshot and then Mm -hmm. or I will save your images for a full year if you want to come back in a couple of months and buy more. You know, we'll do it a la carte. Mm-hmm. I'm very flexible that way because I yeah, like when nice. people are flexible with me. When you go to a business and they they are not like set in this is what it is and we're not changing it, I walk yeah. away. Like I don't like to be treated that way. I feel like um, the client needs to be appreciated and that's yeah. a way of appreciating. Like I'm, I'm still in... in it's still a lot of things are for my own benefit, right? If they come back in two months and buy it, more money that's coming in. But at the same time, I'm giving them that opportunity to take that time if they're not ready at that moment. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're giving them so a taste. Yeah, yes. Like it leaves them wanting more. And that's rare that it happens that way. Usually, and I do payment plans. I okay. do that yeah. because these people are all part of my community. I know everyone. I only had maybe in a few years, like two people that didn't pay me. Like they forgot to pay. I don't know. I kept sending them <laughs> the, the invoice <laughs> and they never paid. So I'm like, maybe they really can't pay. And I'm fine with that. And it's only two people, you know, mm-hmm. everybody else, even if I say, you know, pay in three months. So they pay like one payment and then I remind them and they pay and they pay. And sometimes they pay the next month, they pay the balance because they have that money available but it gives them that opportunity as well but you know we we all work differently and I think we are all looking to level to a different place and it's not easy if you're keeping it small it's easier to manage all these little things you know because you can always make a phone call and say hey you know you didn't pay me last month but if you're growing to a scale where people are managing for you then it's harder to do things that way and I understand that you know yeah 
That makes sense. Do you keep your pricing the same for personal branding as for portraits, or is that something that um, that you mix up? I keep it very similar, although like because with personal branding, there are no tangibles, right? So I'm not really right. spending any money printing and buying. Um, and with po- portraits, I do, but I feel like for business, um, there's more props and location, and so I kind mm-hmm. of consider them both the same. The price is a little different where I offer a little more images for the same price. Mm-hmm. But even when they come in, if they want to print, you know, it kind of blends in together. It's it, it, There's not a big difference at all. Yeah. Even if I have to print, sometimes it, like I make a little less money, but maybe I spent less time, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of evens it out. Yeah, very cool. And you said you have a show coming up for your second campaign. Tell us about that. Yes, yes. So uh, the campaign, the first one and the second one are, have the same um, title. They're called Beauty is a Feeling Campaign. So it's women 40 and older. So um, during the campaigns, we are really like I'm interviewing women and making sure that they are, you know, comfortable with coming in and being photographed. Because as you know, you know, most people that come into the studio, they want to book after they lose five pounds. Oh, yeah. And I say, you know, five pounds and it doesn't matter what what size they are. They can Mm -hmm. be a two or a 22 and they all feel like they have to lose weight. Yeah. So then I, I say, you know, I totally get that because I'm a woman too. And I also want to lose five pounds all the time, <laughs> but, um, it's, that's not going to make a difference. I'm going to pose you, you know, we're going to light really well. And then maybe when you lose your five pounds, you come back, but let's do it how it is now, because this is what we have. And it's all mm-hmm. about like, this is all we have is right now. Weight mm-hmm. five pounds, maybe, you know, and who knows what happens next. So, um, then, you know, that's what we work on, but I think the campaign really helps, like it really allows them to come in and do it because they also feel like they're influencing other women. Like when you're part of something, like you belong to something like that, you know, and then we go to the show Mm -hmm. and we have the portraits and we have a book. Like I, I did a book for the last one. I'm working on the book for the next one. Yeah, it's really a cool experience for all of us. So now we're like a group of 40 women that we have a Facebook page. And I don't post a lot, but, um, you know, it's a community that you have that are all these women that are going through a lot of similar things. They're all different lives and different, you know, backgrounds and life stories. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we all feel very similar about our appearance, about how we show up. And I think uh, this campaign is is really cool because of that, you know, because it says, you know, we all know what it feels like to feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope every, all of us do, you know, when you have a feeling of being confident or that, you know, you feel like in your own space, you walk into a room and you feel, you feel good about yourself, you know, and that, Once you get photographed. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It it is really, it's been really an amazing experience to all of us. So I really had fun with that. Yeah. I really, I, I really like how you, you know, have things set up, just split with the personal branding and the portraits and how you convert people. Pretty awesome. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. It's pretty great. I do though have a couple questions that I always ask at the end of each episode and the first question is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? You know, I couldn't make this sound really cool, but the only <laughs> thing I cannot live without is my belt. 
my spider, oh, spider holster. holster. Yeah. So oh my many gosh, I cannot that. because I cannot <laughs> photograph without that. I don't know that what to do. Thing. Like I lose my camera. Um, so that's one thing. And and there's something about that that really makes me feel confident. Like when I put mm-hmm. my belt and hang my camera, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. You know, it's kind of that last. Yes. It's very exactly symbolic, but mm-hmm. yeah. And and, yep. and that's what it is for me. And then all yeah. the people that we have, you know, the camera, the people. But yeah, yeah the, awesome. that belt is amazing. Awesome. Okay. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Um, I do love spending my time with people and I'm a big extrovert. So I like going to places. I, I'm always looking at what's happening in our community, what shows and concerts and music and mm-hmm. dinners and, you know, just places I can be that are going to enrich my life in ways. Yeah. Uh, we live, uh, I don't know if you heard of like the, the movie industry is so big in Georgia right now. And uh, we have the studios like the Trillith Studios in the Trillith town. It's the town of Trillith, which is a city that they are building from nothing. Oh, wow. And there's so much going on there. So it it really excites me to just be part of that and to belong Mm -hmm. to to that creative space. And, you know, those are things. And I love, you know, being around my kids and they're growing up so fast. So um, and going home and visiting my family in Brazil and spending time with my parents. Very cool. All right. Number three is what is a photography specific product that you would recommend to everyone besides your spider holster? I love the V flat, like the mm-hmm. white and black V flat. Yeah. Because I too. can carry you with me and I use it all the time, every single shoot. I use it as a backdrop. I use it as a reflector, as a, you know, it's it yeah, just same. it's something that I it's it makes everything so easy. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? Um, I I think the most important thing that I found is that do not pressure yourself to be like everybody else. You mm-hmm. know, it's trust the process. Like I always trusted this process of learning from Sue and this community and belonging to this community was the most important thing for me. But I did have moments where I felt not good enough that I Mm. felt and okay so one good advice participate in the awards of accreditations because oh yeah definitely doing that really is so validating and because you know you know it's somebody else that's looking at that's not your client or it's not your family and your best friend you know telling what you're doing it's like these are professionals that are experts on what they do and that's one thing that really helped me get where I am because it made me believe in myself that yes I, I'm doing good you know or I can do this or I can I can be better and better you know so that was a and, and you have that little seal that just reminds you you know I've done the work and and so that's one other recommendation it's like don't compare yourself which is very cliche but I think that's mm-hmm. a big deal it's a big thing I love that thank you all right and where can people find you online if they are looking for you so my website is leh photo lehphoto.com um same thing on instagram and facebook leh photo fantastic well thank you again will you be at wppi i really wanted to go but i won't make it too fast and we'll miss early yeah i might i mean you never know but unfortunately well hopefully you know Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah.
All right, my dear. Thank you again. This has been wonderful. If I don't see you in person at WPPI in March, I will see you online in the group. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.